0: you a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway you can rely on the old man's money you can rely on the old man's money it's a bitch girl but it's gone too far cause you know it don't matter anyway say money money won't get you too far get you too far
1: So, I'm interested in in what your interest in Southern music was, perhaps early on or even later in your career. Was Southern music ever especially important to you?
0: Well, I... I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia music is a very uh, contained regional sound, right? But having said that, it draws from a lot of things, because a lot of people came to Philadelphia from the, from the South and, you know, various other places, and so... I I got, I was influenced through that indirectly as a child. You know, I mean, I listened to, I I didn't listen to blues so much uh, because that wasn't so popular in Philly. But you know, R and B and early and gospel music and things like that uh, was was a big, big influence on me. And I used to, uh, I I just absorbed that as as a very young child. And so, I think in that respect, southern music has definitely affected me. Um, and uh, now I live in, I live a good part of the year in the south, so it's even affecting me more. So uh, I'm, uh, 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 I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm working on a new album, and I, I'm realizing for various reasons it's a very, it's, it's it has a very much southern sound. So uh, I'm obviously affected.
1: Well, and so you, you've had a lot of experience in the south as a performer. Is there anything about the region that you've noticed or enjoyed throughout the years as a performer?
0: Yeah, my kind of music, the South gets it because you know, for all the things I just said, I grew up in a church. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gospel singer, I'm, a, I'm an R&B singer, soul singer, and and that is very much understood by audiences in the South. And also, the whole idea of participation, audience participation, is it comes natural to Southerners, and it's uh, that's something I thrive on. It's all about call and response. It's all about you know, I work off the audience. They do something, I do something back. I get inspired. I get the, you know, I try, the whole idea is to try and bring the spirit down. So uh, that I think that is something that is very common in uh, in Southern audiences.
1: Well, and you mentioned gospel music being such a huge part of your life. Why do you think gospel music moved you so much as a young person and artist? Was it strictly about the harmonies and the music, or was it also the substance of the message and storytelling within the songs?
0: Well, a little of both. I mean, the the, the, the storytelling. Uh, I mean, I, I I I um. What can I say? I mean, I think that the 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 idea of, of the stories uh, turn into what now I use as lyrics. You know, which are really. I mean, it, it's it all it's all of a piece, really. And I, I was moved by the harmonies. My my father and mother were both church singers, and and uh, I grew up in a very progressive church in that respect, and. uh to all this stuff, and, and it moves me. It, it, it's just a natural thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just moved by music, and I'm moved by that kind of music. And it, it, it just influenced me, probably more than anything else.
1: Well, and you played such a pivotal role in, in shaping, in, in even creating the Philadelphia music scene. But even before that. How did the Philadelphia area help nurture you as a young artist and, and which artists and sounds in particular from that region do you think stuck with you the most throughout your career?
0: Well, I I was around, I was a teenager when that when it changed over, the sound of Philadelphia sort of went from Frankie Avalon and Chubby Checker and people like that which were who were gigantic all over the world. And then and it moved into people who were more con, my contemporaries, a little couple years older, but I consider them my contemporaries uh, it was Gamble and Huff and Tommy Bell and all the groups that they were starting to produce, which came really out of the Philadelphia street corner scene, uh, and and I was involved in that from the street really, and so I, I was part of the beginning of the sound of all this, and. Um, It was was a major... I I was influenced by my surroundings, by my contemporaries, and and it was sort of the beginning of something that everybody knows now as the Sound of Philadelphia. So I had a different take on it, because I just did. And people like myself, Todd Rundgren, and John, uh, we're all part of the Philadelphia Sound, but we're not not part of the same exact thing as what Gamble, Huff, and Tommy Bell did. But... uh, I was very influenced by that stuff. I mean, the delphonics and, and stylistics and uh, the intruders, like, God, go on and on, you know.
1: Well, in, I've heard you say that you don't like being considered half of anything, that that you and John Oates are separate people and entities who work together. Why is that distinction so important for, for you and for collaborative artists who might risk compromising their sort of individual artistic identities while being creative?
0: Well, it's a funny, it's a good question actually. It's a fine line to walk. I mean, I uh, I am by na- by by definition a collaborator because it's it's called Dalhone John Oates when I work with him. But I'm also an individual artist, and I have a, a, a an artist career and, and my own personal sensibilities that that create these songs. And we have created most of these songs separately. Uh, we, in, when we were younger, we wrote songs together. We wrote "She's Gone" together. We wrote a few other ones that, that John was involved. Uh, "Man Eaters" another one. But uh, for the most part, it was individual writing. And my direction is what matters to me. And, and uh, so it's, it's it's a funny thing. I, I mean, I, I feel that as if John and I come together now on the stage. Collaborate, and not only half of that, but I'm part of a band, so I'm really one sixth of something. But it's it's that, and then there's me as and John and I speak for John too as two individual artists that think of themselves as individuals. We're not half of anything.
1: Well, and your story and career is one of amazing and, and a one of a kind collaboration. What's something that you think? new artists can learn about the importance of, of having songwriting partners from your experience, especially those who struggle with collaboration?
0: I think that the tradition of songwriting partners is is bigger than the obvious one of duos. Uh, I mean, Lennon and McCarthy were songwriting partners. Jagger and Richards are songwriting partners. Uh Rogers and Hammerstein are somebody partners you know learn and low i mean the, the, on and on and on and on and there's something about it when it works it's interesting because you have some a sounding board if you uh, if, if, if if uh what i have uh, collaborated with other people somebody comes up with an idea or, or and then sort of that idea gets tossed around you know you have somebody to talk to about it or somebody to bounce it off of so it's a it's it's a, it's a, it, it's a it's a fulfilling kind of of, collab, of creation when you collaborate like that. Uh, but there's also something to be said for just coming up with it all on your own and not having a sounding board and just being 100% whatever it is in your head, come, you know, coming out through your fingers and your mouth. And uh, uh, these days I prefer that.
1: Well, and I've heard some advice that you've given young artists. You, you tell them to really get out and play, find like-minded people, play live as often as possible. Is that Something that that worked for you, or do you think that playing live and often is a necessity more specific for this generation of young artists?
0: Yeah, I do. I think it's it's a necessity for any artist uh, that's a musician. You have to play for people. You got to play. That's what it's all about. If you're if you're not out there performing and and, and you're a bird singing and, and you're not going to just sing into the, the darkness. You, you, you want you want some somebody has to to respond to it. That's what it's all. It, it's really essential that uh that artist uh uh perform live I, I don't i don't see any any other way around it it's it's the security of your of your uh, persona your creative persona it's the security of your career if you have a it's the only way to get a tribe that will support you through thick and thin and will understand you and will and uh, and allow you to do what you do and and i've been doing this for so many years and I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have the uh the outlet of playing live constantly to support it in my within myself and just the career in general.
1: Well since your amazing run with Live from Daryl's house began, whose voices among some of the, the emerging artists that you've performed and worked with have really stuck out with you and made an impression?
0: Uh, I'm thinking uh, there were uh, there were so many good ones the, uh, the, the new artists that have come on the show. I mean, I uh, I mean one one uh, artist that he's not so new now, but he was when he, he was brand new when he came on the show was Alan Stone, and I I love Alan Stone. He's a friend, and he became a friend through this, and I've done my best to support him, and uh, not that he needs, but because he's so damn good. And he's he's one of those people that constantly impresses me. He has he has it all. He has energy. He's got songwriting ability. He's got amazing vocal ability. And uh, you know something like that is 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 it's 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 almost like have, you have this great son or daughter. You go oh here man, check this out. You know I, I, feel, uh, I feel I feel very uh, paternal about people like him.
1: Well, my last one for you, Daryl. How does your mission change with each tour in terms of what you bring with the live experience for yourselves and the fans? Does it change tour to tour, show to show? What's the feeling heading into this this tour? Uh,
0: I think that it does change. It changes as I change. I I feel that this tour, I don't have to prove anything to anybody, obviously. Uh, People know who I am and what I do. And there's a certain kind of relaxation that comes from that. And I would call it relaxed energy. And it, I think it's it's a, the best kind of energy. It's it's uh, it, it seems effortless, even though there's effort involved in it. But it's it, it's it's a certain kind of energy that comes from not having to work work it, work it, work it. You know, it just works itself. And it makes it, it's made this tour maybe one of the most uh, gratifying tours I've ever done. to say the truth. And I think the audiences feel that it is, man. That's uh, that's what I got to say about this tour.
1: <laughs> well, Daryl Hall, thank you so much for the time. Can't wait to see you in Alabama. Have a great tour. Okay, then. Thank you.